Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. It's the 5 o'clock fire. Brought to you by Regions Bank. Ah, it is 5 o'clock. Congratulations. Hopefully you're off work. Luckily for you, old Dirty Show and Team Mill have the latest. The latest is uh, the Astros. They got going again today in... Um, in West Palm Beach, and beware, uh, a lot of them are about to leave as the World Baseball Classic gets started uh, coming up uh, next week, next Tuesday. So uh, a lot of the guys are going to bounce. But a couple of things happened today. One, Jose Altuve with uh, with his first pitch clock violation this year. And um, this is this is one that is, that is interesting to watch, Clint, because we've talked to Sean, we've talked to Seth. They were down there, Adam Spolane as well, down there and saying – that with the very at the at the very least he looked he wasn't comfortable yet with it yeah. and this is this is something uh, this is something to watch with uh, Jose Altuve as he finally got his first not finally but he got hit with his first pitch clock violation. Well, we we probably hadn't talked about it enough. I know I hadn't I hadn't thought it through enough if I'm being completely honest about about you know how it's how it's specifically going to impact Altuve. We heard Sean talk about and Seth talking about the whole. You know, he likes to adjust his gloves. You know, okay, that's fine. We'll speed it up a bit, get back in the box. But I, like the, the the interesting dynamic is that you take a slow hitter um, that's going to have to speed things up and and get in the box or stay in the box. That's one thing to to have to adjust how you approach every plate appearance, right? But then on top of that, I mean, we saw a guy get struck out. Tyler, while you were in Cabo, you know, uh, rehabbing your nipples. A guy got struck out in Major League Baseball in under 20 seconds. I don't yeah. know if you saw that. Three pitches. Under 20 seconds, a guy got struck out. So, and that you, is why he went to Cabo, Cabo folks, was to rehab his nipples. Yeah, he rehabbing his nipples. Like, like there's, and he somehow messed around and got his got his lips messed up. But there's, you know, when you when you look at, like, it's not just, hey, man, get in the batter's box and let's roll. It's not just pushing him to get in the batter's box. It's going to be compounded by the fact that, the pitchers are going; they're being sped up as well. And if pitchers are smart, now it may not happen in twenty seconds, but if pitchers are smart and they know there's a player that typically takes his time and he's having to speed things up, especially a player I, to that uh, like a Jose Altuve yeah. who is so important to the yeah, he can't control the pace of the at bat or the the pace of the play, the plate appearance. So I would imagine that the pitcher can also play with how quickly he gets to the plate. No one, you know, you, you get my point. Like the dynamic of of Altuve, it's not just about him; it's about the clock. It's about the pitcher being on a clock as well. That's something that that uh, is going to be fascinating for all of us Astros fans to, at the very least, follow. Yeah, um, I, I'm. He's a great player, so I'm not too concerned that this will be something that he'll be able to to rectify. But this is the guy that had the yips now. Yes, he did have that issue where he couldn't throw the ball to second base. But I, I think he will at some point figure out a new routine because he has to, and 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 he'll be all right. But to the point though, he has clearly not appeared to be comfortable with this. Clearly, from reports that we're seeing and, and hearing from from people we trust, clearly he hasn't been comfortable with the thing. I think Kyle Tucker has expressed that. Now Kyle Tucker's been on a tear, but uh, but clearly those those guys haven't been uncomfortable. By the way, also. Uh, in today's game, Hunter Brown got the start. Uh, Clint, he had a pretty good first inning, and then the second inning, he ended up walking the bases loaded before Dusty had to come out and get him. Uh, he threw 40 pitches, 21 of them for strikes. Uh, control, he struggled with for the second straight start. His first start as well, he struggled with control. Also, 
Uh, Hunter Brown, listen, the guys that have shown us more, you know, they get they get more of the, oh, he's just working on it. A little more leeway, huh? A little more. You know, Framber and and, 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 and even even Javier, who has been in and out of the rotation for the last several years, Arkady, Arkady Garcia, you know, yeah, they're working on it. Hunter Brown, he gets some leeway, but this is this is big. One for him, two the Astros need him this year, and this is one to watch. Where maybe if Framber had three starts where his control was Califfy, we'd be like, oh, he's working on something. We know what he can do. Hunter Brown, this is going to be the first time where he is start of the year in the rotation, depended on, counted on to be the guy on the major league level, and this is. This is one to watch. I don't think you. I don't think you should be alarmed at this point. But I mean, he has a couple more starts like this in the spring, which may be the only amount of starts that he'll have left in the spring. That's one that you want to look at. Yeah, I think he was just out there working on something. Clearly, okay. went out there, had his stuff, and that first inning was was nails, and then went to the dugout and and and, and had a conversation with the old skipper and said, "Hey, make it out there and work on just work on." Work on X, Y, and Z, and he went out there and and he worked uh, on it. It was twelve straight balls, not not really twelve, but I think twelve or fourteen, if that's my math serves it, me yeah, right. Yeah. But um, yeah, look, I, I I'm uh, I'm with you though. I, you're talking about a young a young player that that um, you don't want to see too much of of walking bases loaded in a in a uh, spring training ball game if you if he can help it. That's for damn sure. O'clock fire. That's right. You are listening to Five O'clock Fire, brought to you by Regents Bank, and uh, we've heard some quarterback news. One earlier today, we heard the news about Derek Carr, where he signed a four-year deal worth one hundred fifty million dollars. And here is the latest. Uh, I like to call it the uh, the middle of the pack quarterback deals. One for Derek Carr, and now Geno Smith, who went to the Pro Bowl last year, he is finalizing a new multi-year deal. Three years, $105 million. Daniel Jones, you should probably be paying attention to this. Uh, he was the uh, comeback player of the year this past year. But Geno Smith, they lock him down for just three more years, which I like this for, for the Seahawks. This doesn't stop them from having to get their own a, a young quarterback if they want him. They're sitting there at five. If they want one of those quarterbacks, they can still get him. They're only tied him for three years. Uh, for uh, and, and, and this, to me, is a good reward for for Geno Smith uh, as he earned that at God he's thirty two at thirty two years old he could be the guy for them the next couple of years and uh, they can still find their guy but Geno Smith thirty five million a year yeah I, I love it for Geno Smith man I mean you talk about a guy that was kind of lost in the shuffle absolutely um, and and boy he gets an opportunity and you talk about take full advantage of it and, and look good for the Seahawks too to you know because you're, you're sitting up there and you're going what the hell are the Jets going to do. What the hell are the Bucks going to do? Yep. Well, I mean, well, you, I, I think I know what the Falcons are going to do. I think Desmond Ritter is going to be their guy. But there's a lot of teams out there going, what in the hell are the, is, is Raiders? Ed, I mean, what, are, what? Yeah, what are they going to do? And the Seahawks go, ah, let me, let me, let us go ahead and and uh, and lock Geno up for a few more to make sure that we've got we've got our current guy and and we can we can play around with 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 the future. We can take the next three years to figure out what we want to do long term uh, behind Geno Smith. Um, I, this is good for the Seahawks. Good, good for Geno. I, I do, I do believe this takes the the Seahawks out of uh, of this year's quarterback. Maybe this quarterback, year. Yeah. Maybe. Not. I wouldn't be shocked if they do. But I'm just saying it, it probably probably does. But I'm just saying this contract still doesn't stop them. Oh no, from no. Being able, like it's not like. Like how about this? This just made me think. This. 
the money feels high, but what about this for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo? You've said your concern about the Texans with Jimmy. You'd like Jimmy. Your concern about the Texans with Jimmy is long-term. Is three years for you too long a deal for Jimmy? Uh, I mean – no, I'm mean, not. Not really. I mean, not, I mean, I, I wouldn't be. Again, I, for me, it's the it's it's more about passing up. Like you're sitting number two, you got a chance to get Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. You got a chance to figure out whichever one you want and move up to number one. Like if you don't like those guys, cool. But but what I don't want the Texans to do is pass on those guys to then go give Jimmy Garoppolo three years, one hundred five. If that makes sense. That's like just I, thinking. That's what I'm thinking for the veteran route. If that yeah. is. I don't. I mean, I I would be I would be fine with that. I mean, I'd be fine with that. And and then you you really look into your quarterback next year, and you got Jimmy Garoppolo for two years. You got time to to groom that guy next year. I, I don't like three years with Jimmy Garoppolo and drafting a quarterback this year. I don't like passing up on guys that you really like that are young that that are when, when you're sitting in prime position to to get one of those young guys. Passing up on those guys for Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think Jimmy's going. to – You're going to have to give Jimmy three. To yeah, sign him, I would I think. think. So. Yeah, I mean Jimmy's Especially done. Jimmy's Gino's done enough. This. Yeah, he's done enough to to warrant at least a three year deal. Dino uh, and Daniel Jones might want to see this. This this hurt him. This this hurt Daniel Jones unless he going unless he feels like he's in the Derek Carr uh, space. But this one hurt him because Gino was a comeback player of the year, a Pro Bowler, had far better numbers than he did. Yeah, and um, he's out here trying to get forty five million, throwing fifteen touchdowns, five interceptions. Five o'clock fire. All right, uh, a real developing story happening in Memphis. As the Grizzlies, they've got the second-best record in the West, but their top player who was, I think, kind of a thought of a guy that was moving to potentially being, having a chance to be one of the faces of the game, especially when LeBron and KD and those guys move on. Uh, John ja Morant, one, has been set down uh, by, the, uh, by the Grizzlies at least two games. Uh, is what they've reportedly said. And the uh, the NBA is investigating um, uh, a couple of incidents, especially including this one, excuse me, that happened in Colorado. And Colorado police are now investigating uh, John Morant after an IG Live video where it was seen him allegedly carrying a, a, a firearm, a gun there, uh, and at a, this is interesting to me, uh, at a gentleman's club, Shotgun Willis is where he was uh, at Shotgun Willie's outside of Denver. Uh, and uh, the Extra ESPN, time on the jugs. ESPN uh, contacted Shotgun Willie's on Monday, and a person answering the phone re- uh, repeatedly. Uh, repeatedly hung up on the reporter. Did you see Shotgun the video? Willis. Did you see the video? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he definitely brandished a firearm, and it wasn't somebody else. It was definitely him. Um, shirtless sh- right shirtless in a strip joint. Um uh, yeah, th- this is well. This, uh, but this th- is like we talked about with Jalen Carter the other day. Like th- now, this is a, this is a pattern. Like this is this is there. Yeah, I'm there are just, multiple incidents with John ja Morant here, and they got to get a hold. They got to get a handle on this. And now there's you're sitting you down to miss games, miss important games for you. And uh, this this is this is one where the NBA everybody needs to step in because. He is going down a road, and I'm going to tell you right now, that is not a city uh, where you want to have enemies and have and try to and try to you know put yourself in a situation uh, where you could get where you could get hurt or somebody get hurt like that. Yeah, like I, he, he's got to he's got to calm it down big time. Well, the the thing with the thing with Ja at this point is 
I mean, it's no longer about basketball. Nope. I mean, there's clearly nobody in his in his world. Not that it's their fault. I'm talking about mom, dad, uh, I mean, anybody. It's not their fault at all. John Morant's a grown-ass man, no doubt about it. But there's clearly nobody in his world that has his ear to the level of being like, hey, man, you got to tighten this up. you got to tighten up your ship a little bit. And um, and it's and, wild because it, his dad is there every night. Yeah, his dad yeah, travels it, it, with him. He's at every one of the games, not just, like, the, the big games. He's in Orlando, yeah. like, watching him play. Yeah, man. So, it, that, that's the, the, to me, where I was going with that is, like, it, it's more about, like, I'm worried about the dude. Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it's just it, – it's because it's not even – it's it's – it's not even like normal. It's out, I mean, Clint, it's, it's out not, of control, man. But, right, right. It's, it's not. But my point is, like, we're talking about it because it's a it's a superstar basketball player. But that's not even normal for street life to walk around put putting a red laser on on a on a, a group of, yeah, of a, individuals. I don't care if they are Indiana Pacers staffers. This is, Clint, this is the third gun situation in like yeah. the last month and a half. Yeah. that's been associated with them. And he is a two hundred plus million dollar player uh, that has a, a huge deal with Nike and, and other avenues coming through. Like yeah. he had he had the one you're talking about allegedly him and his him and him and his people were uh, shooting uh, the red laser on the Pacers. And this is the part that gets me where it's just like oh well him and he just don't care. This is this is coming off of two days ago, two or three days ago where the story came up in, in, in which he pulled out a gun on a 17-year-old, uh, you know, playing pickup yep. in July, and that, that surfaced here. And now, like, the thought is, all right, after this comes out, let me go and and have a video like this. Like, it is – and that's the part. Like, I, I hear you. I, I'm just – like, to me, it's just like, all right, so, we'll, like, like, what's Dad talking about right there if we're, if we're riding together yeah. every day? And I hear what you're saying, grown-ass man. It is. It's ultimately on him. But what is him and Dad talking about? Well, clearly, Dad ain't got. He's either in the thick of it with yeah. him and, and doing that's, the stupid stuff with him, or, or or he just doesn't. Have, he's lost all control. Um, but but th- somebody's got to. Somebody's there the th- here's the thing: is there there ain't. I, I, it's interesting to me, like when when this kind of stuff starts happening, the conversations that people have around. Like we we got Like you got to quit making excuses for dude. Like not you. I'm just somebody. Like we got to quit. Like. It's it's just like it's 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 not. There's nothing normal about it. Like you, you know, there's nothing. Whether take, again, take away the fact that he's a, that he's a uh, an, an NBA dude and a superstar. Like there's nothing normal about about being in the streets and and being that deep in it and being showing guns and strip joints in a back private room when you're the only one there. Like yeah. it just it just doesn't it doesn't add up. It, it, I think to, there, to even the street life is what I'm saying. I think there are people who can relate to that, but still, into this point though, like at, at some point you gotta you gotta come above that. Like you gotta you gotta you gotta go past, and that that shouldn't be your life anymore. Right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> the other part. Five o'clock fire. I want to get this one in. Uh, retired NFL quarterback Philip Rivers, who was coaching high school, I believe has expressed a desire to return back to the NFL. Really? He's already contacted the 49ers and Dolphins about coming out of retirement uh, late in 2022. This according to NFL Network's Rich Eyes. Nine kids must be driving him crazy. Nah, man. Phil, man. Phil (laughs) needs to stop. Wear his bolo tie and just shut it down, man. Phil needs to shut it down. I don't think he ever knew what his home was like with nine kids. 49ers and Dolphins. 
in late 2022 trying to get up in there. I mean, we, both of those teams have dudes. I guess, I guess when Trey Lance went down, he's in there like, I, I got you. And Jimmy went down. I get. I bet you when Jimmy went down, oh, I got you. I'm ready. I can go. Like, he's like, he, he to me got out at the perfect time. Like, where his, it was clearly starting to lose. He was starting to lose some, lose some there. And I, yeah. I just, yeah, I, I, that, that one down, now, now he needed to just chill out, man, and just enjoy this thing, dog. Just enjoy it. He probably looked at Brock Purdy and said, boy, I can get that. No, I, I, but I, there's got to be something. There's got to be more to that. He doesn't look out in San Francisco and be like, I, I'm going to play over these dudes. Like, why the hell did the organization even entertain that? He probably, oh, I bet Phil thinks he could pay, play over Brock Purdy. No. Phil? Oh, hell. Phil? No, Steel, right now? Yes. Oh, Phil, I'm talking about him. I'm not talking about how I feel. Right. I'm talking about how, how <laughs> right, Phil, right, right, Phil right. thinks. Ah, man. Phil's delusional. There's like got to be more to that. Like, he sounds like he's trying to get in that in that system to learn the system. Yeah, I don't know. All right, uh, the Tennessee Titans, uh, they, are, they are officially trying to piss off the city of Houston. We'll tell you the latest coming up next. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. You know, I got to say, fellas, um, I really, really enjoy uh, my time living here in Houston. The three years I've been here, uh, you, uh, you guys, many of you listening, have been very, very welcoming. Uh, even the ones who haven't been, then uh, uh, I've enjoyed it, love it. One of the the things that really surprised me the most is, you know, you learn the city you're living in, you're learning things, and learning that, like. The Tennessee Titans, for for many people, aren't in like the top three of the most hated teams around here. To to Houston sports fans, and to think like the cow like the Cowboys clearly are at the top of the heap. The Yankees are, are, are probably right there as well. Hell, even the, the division, I believe the Colts are more hated than than the Titans. And it blows me away because the Titans they the one took your teams away from. And left you in here for multiple years without football. Now I've seen some people pull it, say it was just Adam, Bud Adams, whatever. But it's them. They they did it, and they're the ones who don't allow you to wear the old Oiler stuff, yep. all of that stuff. <clears throat> and they're the ones who have in their stadium Earl Campbell's n- number retired. They got Warren Moon's number retired. They got all the all the great Oilers retired in their in their building. It always it was always something to be like, oh wow, like. The Cowboys, Yankees, Colts, they're hated more than the Titans. I just wonder if this would do it. Titans plan to wear uh, the Oilers throwback uniforms for a home game this season. And I'm curious, for those of you that, like, what kind of, you just, if you just close your eyes, not when you're driving, but just picture the thought of the Texans traveling to Tennessee to Nashville this year, Clint. And you look over, and they're in full Houston Oilers gear. Like, where does that get you as a fan? I, look, where does that does that eat you up? Does that change? Does that does that get them past the Cowboys for you? Where does that eat you up? Look, I, me personally, I, I don't, I could care less other than in that moment. Like when I see it, because I grew up with a mom that was an Oilers fan, a dad that was a Cowboys fan, and so I, it was, it was kind of split in my family. Yeah. Um, and so there, you know, the the only pro game I'd ever been to before I actually played in the NFL was a couple of of Oiler games. Um, back in Warren and Warren Moon, Haywood Jeffries, Ernest Givens, 
um, you know, that that crew, Chris Dishman, uh, that whole crew. Um, so, I, I, for me, I, I don't get – it doesn't really bother me any other than when I see it, like, literally lay my – like, all the conversation and the build-up, whatever. But if you um, you got in here and you start covering it, you looked up there. It, it pisses me off because of the level of pettiness. Because it's, it's not like – like, if it – I said this earlier. If if it were the Tennessee Oilers and they still use the color scheme and the I guess they do the color scheme to a certain extent, but the 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 logo and all of those things, then then I, it wouldn't really bother me outside of the team left and hey we got a new one let's rock and roll. The the part that bothers me is they changed their entire identity when they moved, right? And I lived there for multiple years and there was never any Oiler never. Uh, Never. The gear was never Oilers. Nobody ever spoke of the Oilers. Nobody ever cared. Nobody ever mentioned the Oilers. And um, so it's it's just more that it's, it seems to be pettiness that Absolutely. the Adams family just won't let it go and won't let it return to its rightful owners, if you will, where the, where the, the actual people that live here and grew up here bought and supported that particular team. It just does to the, the point they're honing, they're, they're, like they're they're hoarding the color. Yeah, it's it's just it's a level of pettiness. Like when we're talking about like year round, and these conversations come up. The level of pettiness drives my frustration more so than like the fact that they're going to wear the uniform. You know what I mean? Like that's just that's that's where I'm at. Is like I the right place for it obviously is here in Houston. And they clearly. don't even, they don't even care about it. Yeah, it, it's just like you said. I lived in Nashville five six years. They didn't care about it. I guarantee you, I guarantee you 75% of the people that are in Nissan stadiums, I don't even know if it's still called Nissan Stadium, it is. but I guarantee you 75% of the people that are in that stadium when they're, when they're inducting people into the ring of honor and they're, and they're, they're celebrating the, the Oiler days, I bet they don't even know who the hell half of them are. Probably now, not. Now, obviously Earl Campbell. I mean, but, but I, I, bet, I bet you got to explain to them what's going on. Maybe they know the names because some of them are Hall of Famers, obviously, but, but like a lot of the times it's just like, I bet half that stadium sits there and wonders, like, what are we doing? From the trailer wheel and frame text line, real Texans fan hate hate the Titans more than anything. I don't think that is the case. That is not – we have had conversations like this. That is not the experience that I get. And it, it, it is blowing me away. We probably had this – had a similar type of conversation to where it was just Cowboys, Yankees, somebody – I mean, multiple people talk about the Utah Jazz, like yeah. the Colts, like other – the Patriots slid in there. I've never, I've never understood the, the like. I, I understand that's not the right way to put it. But like when we're talking about like level of hate, I in, in just football sports hate. Yeah. Well, I'm just talking about football, football. now. I, I would, I would go Cowboys Titans. Like, I, like the 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 Colts thing was always interesting to me. I understand why they're in the division. That you you struggled a lot to of be, battles between the two. A lot of battles between the two, but but still the the history with the Titans, the the connection with the ownership, the obvious connection with the, what we're talking about now, the the history, um, the, the color scheme, the whole, that whole thing. Like it seems like Cowboys Titans makes more sense to. I understand the here and now and, and the 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 moment being the Colts, the T Y Hilton days, and the the Andrew Lux and Peyton Manning days were there were some rough ones there, but. I think you never the, understood the to Colts. me the hate. Well, I mean, I get it, but the if we're ranking them, I would I would go out on a limb, and I I, I felt pretty strongly about the Cowboys. I, I grew up growing up here. I I, I feel I figured that was true, but I I would say number two is the Titans. Tyler, where do, where are you at with that? Somebody just texted. I'm 28. Never 
Never got to truly enjoy the Oilers. Colts are the worst. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't really around either. I was at an age where I never had a true emotional connection with the Oilers, Clint, but I mean, they're I'd say they're my number one, like when I think of rivals for the Houston Texans and the team the team I sports hate, it is the Titans. But part of that might also be because I grew up in a home where my dad was a humongous Oilers fan, followed him to become the Titans. So every week they played, any week they played Texans and Titans growing up, it was a house divided kind of deal. So because Tyler and his psychoticness as a fan like comes to mind with this, because Clint, you said it like, all right, man, it's it's petty. They they talk about it. That's fine. Like it's one thing to to all right, we ain't gonna we ain't gonna allow y'all to wear them. We're not gonna give it to to yeah. Houston. It's another damn thing if they say, hey, we gonna wear them. Like, we're going to put them on. Not just, like, it's one thing, okay, nobody wears them. We ain't going to let y'all, okay, that's fine. But y'all going to put them on. Y'all going to wear them is what they saying they're going to do because they have the right to do it because they are technically, that that is their franchise. That is the one. And I just say, if you're going to do it, do it against Houston. That that's I mean, if you're going to do it, do it. Yeah. Do do the thing. And and I just imagine, like, I, I wish I could be sitting next to Tyler. He'd be seething. Like he might be one of those guys breaking. It would television. be a hard watch. That would be a hard one to see the thing. Kick yeah, off that oil, Derek, is is Houston. And it's that so, is Houston, and it's so sexy. And if they're and, and you mean, said it, they're 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 petty. I mean, take the pettiness up then. You gonna do it? Take the pettiness. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're if you're gonna be that person, you might as well turn it up. Don't do it just halfway. Don't do it just because. Um, yeah, it's. The day of, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, I'm not one. My my sports love or hate is not strong enough to consume my days or my time. If I'm being completely honest with you, stuff like that. But in the moment, in the moment, there ain't no doubt about it. That 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 will be if they do choose to do it against the Texans, which will be absolutely beautiful. I mean, tr- if we're being honest, for, oh, for, I mean, for us. I, I mean, wanna, the, the city will be. If they, if they did it, I would. I'd, I'd do a segment. I'll just take calls. Just. <laughs> I want to knock and I want to hear the real. I want to hear the real. Like I want to hear someone texting in the Titans sucks. This is making me. There's someone texting. This will make me hate them. I don't hate them. This will make me hate them. Well, I mean they've they've already. I mean they've already done. I mean they. Yeah. Look. I mean they're. they're what is their ring? Is it their Ring of Honor? What is what is it that they did? That they they, they had an Oiler Day or something. It was, yeah. was it a Ring of Honor? Well, remember they had they hadn't worn them the jerseys on the field. I don't think. But I know a couple of years ago they were they had all the gear on the on the sidelines. They hadn't had the balls to go ahead and take it to the field yet. <laughs> but nah, man, that no, nah, I'm sorry. Like I'm not even a, I'm not even from Houston. But Earl Campbell having an Earl Campbell day, him going into the Ring of Honor that, that I got proud. I, that that would mess with me. Warren Moon sliding himself into the Ring of Honor there. I mean, yes. that, was, that but, would mess with me. But but here here's the deal as you think about it. Like, and again, I'm back to the pettiness of it because I'm stuck on that. Those dudes never sunk a cleat into that dirt. Not one. I don't know how many times they've been in that city. Oh, I imagine. I don't know how. I'm just saying it I, wasn't I don't an know NFL. Them all individual. I know Earl ain't real. His partying days are behind him. I'm just saying before. it wasn't a real NFL city. I mean, maybe they just made their way on down there. <laughs> wasn't an NFL city yet. I just want to be able to slid in there. God, dog, that'd be a hard one to go to, to Tennessee to uh, to get myself into the to the ring. McLean did it with these. That'd be a hard one to, to go. Oh, you, you know McLean. I, I, I bet McLean got a. I bet he got a jersey on half half oil or half tight. He probably have a pla- you, you got know, a plaque in the stadium. Hey, you know, you know McLean. You know McLean will straddle that old fence. You know, yeah, hey. yeah, he will. 
He'll eat them perks up, man. Can you hear me? Yeah, we all hear you. Listen, all right, we got to get to the quarterbacks here at the Combine. I got a thought on Anthony Richardson because his week has kind of changed my thoughts on him. His week has kind of changed my thoughts on him. We'll get into that coming up. Sports Radio 610 presents The Drive with Sterner and Hughley. All right, welcome back into the drive as uh, the gang is all back. Tyler's back from his vacation, and uh, I see many of y'all, boy. I'm t- like, I'm, I'm not kidding. Uh, listen, I don't want to see this because I know for many of you, like, seeing the Titans in that Oilers uniform would really, really, really tick some of you all off. But, man, that would take, in terms of sports, hate, sports, uh, interest that would take this on up a notch if that happened in the game. If they chose, if they chose to hit that type of pettiness, that would that 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 would that would certainly be something. If sure, it turned up a notch. Just a just a just a notch. All right, uh, combine this weekend. Uh, the quarterbacks they were the big thing, and um, and if you miss John Harris, uh, who will probably be following us coming up uh, behind us with Texans All Access, but John Harris he was on with us earlier. At uh, at two forty, you can use the Odyssey uh, app to find that that segment. It's really good. He said there was nothing that happened with the quarterbacks over the combine that changed his thoughts on anything. And I think uh, for most people, when you combine the interviews, the 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 uh, on field work, the measurements, the the running, the the all of that, I think most people would say Anthony Richardson did the most to help himself in the combine. I think C.J. Stroud was really good, but when you combine it all, people, multiple reports that Anthony Richardson uh, uh, had the best interviews of any of the players. Uh, he was a freak show when it came to any kind of athletic things. He ran a 4-4-6, four, four, weighing 244 pounds. Uh, physical, a record. Uh, yeah, record. Physical freak he was. Um but nothing, nothing majorly changed to me. I, I think he's clearly, to me, ahead of Will Levis. I think teams would be willing to take a chance with that over Will Le- Levis at this point, the potential freak show star that he could be. But, Clint, my, my, my mind changed a bit, and it's not because of the the numbers we just talked about, the 4-4 four, four, that he ran, his size and height. That, that didn't surprise me. Or even the throwing on the field, right? You said it Friday. We'll know if he has a real accuracy problem like people have said. I think he threw pretty well and showed off his arm, did that backflip that he probably should have been more confident he could land in, on his feet without falling backwards. But still. He, Hell of a problem to have, backflip and overturn it. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but I, I think he, needed what he, he did what he needed to do. For me, Clint, it's when I hear that the interviews went as well as they did. Because I don't think that just means he, he you know, he – he sounded like a, a guy knew, you know, he sounded good and, and he answered certain questions well. Like, to me, I think it means they were impressed by him on the chalkboard. They were impressed by him in film and, and what he could see and, and what he could see, what defense are trying to do and what to change and what to get. And, and we heard a lot of, boy, he really, really did well in film sessions. That, to me, that is something that is something that at least made me pause with him 
because obviously this stuff, this accuracy stuff doesn't come natural to him like it does a guy like C.J. Stroud, as you talked about. But if you can find out he has what jo- the secret sauce behind Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, and, and Lamar Jackson is, those guys had a thirst to work, Clint, a thirst to get better and improve. And we saw it from years one to two with all of them, all three of them. And if you feel good about the interview process, does it make you feel better about Anthony Richardson that he has that in him, that he has the thirst to improve and get better? That's something you don't know until you get him. But everything else, when I hear that the interviews went well, that to me means like he he really impressed teams with his knowledge of what teams are trying to do to him, what the, what what knowledge of of what he should be doing, protections and all of that. That is what at least made me pause. Not necessarily all the athletic stuff that I kind of knew he would he would do when he came in. Yeah, look, I mean, you're talking about a guy that's got 13 starts in in college beyond high school football. You're yeah. talking about a guy that at Florida, his time there, um, went through two coaches, offensive terminology change. Um, when when a coach gets fired, obviously it's not a great culture. It's not a great, um, uh, you know, it, what they're, they're not they're not breeding. Winning, if you will, um, so so it, it wasn't an ideal college experience for Anthony Richardson, and and so I think all the the the, the questions that come with with youth and inexperience um, are are present, and the more you find out about the guy, which you do a lot of that through the combine and leading up to the draft, uh, I, I think he's the one. Like we know who Bryce Young is, yep. we, we know who C.J. Stroud is. I think for the most part we know who Will Levis is, even though people want to keep just just blowing blowing the hype and and uh, and 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 muddying the waters, if you will. Um, but the one guy you don't know much about beyond just being a, a, a freakish athlete is Anthony Richardson. What caused the the inconsistencies? Um, you know, is it mechanics? Is it between the ears with the inexperience and not being able to process at a high level? Is it his feet? Is it you know what is it? Uh, and so. Um, I think that's why big picture he he ultimately steals the show um or, or or let's say earns the most during the combine because every step of the way we knew he was a freak we didn't know he was break break all the quarterback records freakish we knew that he had great arm talent but everybody thought he was inaccurate and he went out there and proved that he, he it's there's it's not great accuracy but it's not a problem um we knew you said you think it's fixable with the right. I, I think it's very fixable. I think I think he's getting some bad. I think Anthony Richardson is getting some bad advice with whoever he's working with right now. Um, and, and I see it. I see it in the training world all the time. Um, you know, it, it's just these I call them spin doctors. Um, you know, there's there's just everything is so focused on the rotational aspect of throwing, which is important. But when you take out the the initial push, when you take the the, the generating force from the ground with the initial push, and and you t- you take out following through, boy, you just put an you just you just multiply the demand that you put on on a person's arm, and he's such a freak that you can do that, and he can get away with it, and it's still it's still fine. But at some point, he's going to fall short of his ceiling because he's asking his arm to do too much, and he's taking his body out of it. Um, he looks like a guy that's simply been working with the wrong person, in my opinion. Um, that that can be fixed. Will Levis looks like he's been working with that same person since he was twelve. 
And so it may be. You too, think his is too late? You don't think his? I I just don't know. Now look, it's it, you after feel like what it, we saw with, from Jalen Hurts. Nothing's impossible. I've never seen anybody make the adjustments like Jalen Hurts made. Yeah, but he—that's what I'm talking about with Richardson and Levis at that point. But you got to have that. You got to have that in you, right? Like you, you. Got, oh, to, to work to yeah, ju- yeah, yeah. I mean, you got to there, but there's no. It, it's it's not like when you talk about what Jalen Hurts like. Jay, Jalen knew, like, hey man, I've got to do things differently. Although I've did he win a national championship? Just playing one. Did he, did he, I guess I he mean, won he the on one the where I guess he won where the one where, where, where Tua came in. So, but like this dude's had a ton of success, and and then goes, man, I've got to change what I'm doing in order to get better. Like what I'm doing is not good enough. Like I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a sponge. I mean, this dude literally, I mean, literally would hit me up when he come to town. Like, hey man, can, can you can you throw like? And and I've I've had players, good players that that were hungry. Very rarely do you have a good player that's hungry that their dad's not driving that ship. You know what I mean? That they're they're they don't let it fall by the wayside. Sure, they may hit you up and be like, "Hey, I'm coming in town next week, man. Let's get together and throw." Okay. Well, then if I didn't reach back out, you don't hear back from them. Jay, I mean, it wasn't no small talk. I'm coming in town. It was cool. Hit me up. Hey, man, three o'clock at, at Channel View Stamp. Cool. Be there. And then afterwards, I'm out. You know, there was there's no, so the, the, it's not like I don't think the work ethic is is especially when you get to that level. I don't think the work ethic is, the want to and the work ethic is there with the majority of the guy, these guys. It's the willingness to say what I'm doing, is not, right. I've got to fix these things. Well, that's that's a part of it. Like that's yeah. a part of yeah. Like Zach Wilson is someone you look at, and you know, is he gonna? It does not appear that in two years, he's gone and changed. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Zach's the, got a mental problem. Yeah, but if you look at the three we've talked about, you talked about with Jalen, and you have a personal experience yeah. with that. With Josh Allen, Lamar, it is clear that they we got to do something. Yeah. I got to do something different, and you just don't know that until you get it, and that's the thing until you get and understand it. And I'm wondering in these interviews, if you like. Will Levis too. In these interviews, are you feeling like well, I don't know? I don't know if if Will Levis Will Levis is giving me more Zach Wilson vibes, giving me more of yeah. those vibes that he's not. And when I hear that that people love, like they said, he was by far the best. Reports that Anthony Richardson was by far the best interview of any of the quarterbacks, any of the four. I just and, and I, like I just I wonder how much of that has to do with the level of expectation coming in into the interview. Thirteen starts roller coaster ride when you watch his highlight film or when you watch his film. I mean, just low, the low of, I mean, lower than anybody and then higher than anybody. And so your expectation is like, hell, I don't know what to expect. I feel like when you sit down with CJ Stroud, you know exactly what to expect. Bryce Young, you know exactly what to expect. I don't know enough about Will Levis. I, I think he's probably pretty sharp. Having been in, Liam Cohen was his offensive coordinator the good year he had at Kentucky. He was in the, the Rams system and hell, he went back to the Rams system. So actually he, he was, he came to Kentucky from the Rams system, going back went to back Kentucky. to the Rams for a year. Now he's going back to Kentucky for a year. So I, I don't know. The Will Levis thing is a mystery. But I just wonder how much of Anthony Richardson's wow factor in those meetings was because he's walking in with a guy that had 13 starts and is really, really raw, really green. Um, so, I, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think I think when when I look, I, I, I think this the combine this year 
from from a quarterback's perspective was all about. I think validation is the key is the key phrase, key term, if you will. I think C.J. Stroud went out there when the, when the lights were the brightest and the stage was the biggest. He lit it up doing exactly what we saw him do on Saturday afternoons. And because he was able to do it damn near every throw for an hour straight, I think it's it's a huge talking point. Will Levis went out there, and I, I think he set himself up to fail talking about the cannon. The arm was is is it's not a cannon, and in, in, at at the pro level, um, it, it did. I don't to me, it didn't even stand out um, when we're watching it at the combine. Um, the feet were sloppy. The mechanics are flawed. Anthony Richardson, the mechanics are flawed, but but it, it does like I can see him thinking about how somebody told him to throw the football when he throws it. Um, I, I think that can be fixed. But th- those mechanics have to be tightened up. I have to, have to be corrected. Um, but he by far has no, – he should have been the one up there talking about – if anybody should be talking about a cannon, it's Anthony Richardson, not Will Levis. You know what else uh, that got me too with him? Like I said, the numbers and the stuff at the combine is not something that jumps. jumps that jumps. It was, a, it was extraordinary, right? I didn't know – as you said earlier, I don't know he's going to be that athletic. Man, he's got like a presence Agreed. about him, too, in a way that you didn't get from Will Levis, hell, and even a way you didn't get from C.J. Stroud. He got a presence. It felt like all eyes was on him, and he embraced he, it. I, he is much more comfortable. Again, a guy's 13 starts, hadn't had a that's whole a, lot of yeah. success at the college level outside of three or four games. He don't look and, it. And, and, oh, no, yeah. I mean, so you really it. don't know what to – well, he's, he looks like he's seasoned and been there before and sounds like it, too. And it's very believable. It's very, very authentic. Yeah, he looked like I'm the baddest dude in here, yeah. but I'm not even telling y'all yeah. I'm the baddest dude, dude in here. Yeah. He had a presence that, you know, that's Agreed. a big deal as a quarterback with guys. All right, uh, coming up behind us, Texans All Access uh, from 6 to 7. And then uh, the best of today uh, with T. Mills. So stay tuned for that coming up following us. Clint, great job. Tyler, welcome back. Great job as well. I am Ron, the show Hughley. As always, Houston, we love you, baby. Tyler just hit us with him. God, I love you guys. <laughs> and that's all it was. Listen to the pulled, Odyssey look, up look, at 1230 he, in the morning at Cabo. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>